Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The Three Down Greencast is brought to you by the Pile of Bones Brewing Company. New tap room now open at Sass Drive and Cameron in Regina. Well, welcome to a new exciting extravaganza encounter of the Three Down Greencast <laughs> with Joel Gasson and John Fraser, known as the Center God of Podcasts. I didn't know you were going to hit me with that. I love it. That's why I didn't want to tell you. I'm like, I know where I'm opening with this. I just had to do this. And like the whole weekend I spent in Saskatoon, no one has probably no one except maybe Devin Haru has any clue what we're talking about right now. Oh, it's fantastic! This was though. even though we curled for what was it four straight days. We played all right yes. at times. We played very poorly at times. The highlight of the weekend actually happened in your basement, which is uh, which is actually quite surprising. I guess I should rewind a little bit because we haven't podcasted in like six years. Um, That's fair. Does this make this season three? (laughs) Yes, I believe so. (laughs) Woohoo! Yeah. So last weekend, I went up to Saskatoon, curled in the city spiel with uh, John and a couple of buddies of his. Uh, We came second in the prestigious H event, in case you were wondering on that one. That's the one you really want to win. Um, so we uh, were close. Hey, we were close. That one led to free pizza. So exactly. maybe our plan to lose our first four games was intentional the whole time. Yes. That, I don't think there's any question about that. Clearly, clearly, clearly. It wasn't because I was absolutely shit-bombed on the Thursday night and <laughs> couldn't even hold on to my broom while throwing uh, while throwing anything above uh, a draw weight. But, uh, yes, uh, yeah, the, no, yeah, the totally other thing, the, the most interesting part of the weekend we'll get to in a second, but also we have revolutionized the world of curling with a mm-hmm. new weight call, which is, of course, broom losing speed. That's right. And actually, you know what? On Tuesday night after the men's, when Luke, our skip, and I didn't really want to be there a whole lot, we just threw a whole bunch of broom losing weight and threw a whole bunch of doubles and uh, and had a lot of fun. Not going to lie. It was good. Absolutely. And so, yeah, I referenced off the top. <laughs> we're we're going to have to talk about this a little bit because yes. this was this fascinating and it was by far the highlight of the weekend. And by when far. we're done talking about this, you're going to want to go look this up on YouTube as well. So it was in between one of the games. It was uh, on the Saturday and uh, you were flipping around the TV looking for something to watch. 
Um, wasn't really. It was a after whole... our eight thirty in the morning game. Yes. We were me, you, and your lovely wife were just hanging out in the basement, kind of recovering, waiting for our next game. And I'm like, I just got to find something to kick on. And the news was too depressing. So what did we find, Joel? Uh, so the Youth Olympics were on CBC, kind of a bit of a highlight pack, different things here or there. And then it just so happened then at that point that there was the uh, the curling came on, which was, uh, I guess, in for the Youth Olympic curling. It was uh, mixed curling. And Canada was playing Japan in the quarterfinal. Mm-hmm. Which we thought, okay, cool, yeah, this, this works. And then our minds were blown and the world of broadcasting changed forever. <laughs> so there's this there's this British commentator uh, who clearly, if you know anything about curling, did not know a damn thing about curling. And I, calling... I, I really wish this guy said his name because then I would have tried to track him down and bring him on the podcast. Oh, oh we absolutely would have. <laughs> and, and just ask, like, did you, how did you end up in this role? Like, how did you? And, and it was comical because... Being curlers ourselves, you could tell, like, he was trying to do his best without knowing strategy of the game. And he seemed bewildered at one point when the Canadian lead throws a, a very nice tick shot. And he's just like, oh, she's missed and everybody's cheering. Look how cheeky she looks. Oh, blimey. And he didn't realize that that's actually what she was supposed to do. And then he must've been told by a producer. Cause he's like, Oh, actually you can just move the guard, the center guard over Uh center guard was also his favorite thing to say. And mm-hmm. it was just picture your favorite or picture any British soccer commentator that doesn't know a damn thing about curling and put them in that role. Cause it was just, and it was amazing through the whole game. Like yes, spectacular. <laughs> it was, it was the stuff of legends. Oh, it was so I think one of the best <laughs> one of the best moments is we were we were pretty white from from curling in an eight thirty in the morning game. And we're just kinda like the energy level was low, just kinda sitting, chilling, getting ready. And then out of nowhere, at like the second's first stone, he goes, Someone has to win. Because they were in an extra end at this point too, which is also they showed right. like the extra end, which is important information in the spot. But yeah, in like the fifth stone in the end, the guy suddenly, for dramatic purposes, is like <laughs> someone has to win. <laughs> like, oh, he also said first score wins. Like, like you could just score at any point in the end. Not you can't know you don't know until the end. It's anyone can score at any point and they can win. It was oh. it was magical. It, it it really was, and 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 you said it. You said the key word off that opening was encounter. Encounter, like he just like he he kept calling it just this this dramatic encounter of two teams, and these children are so good in this encounter. He said something like these these eight colors have done everything they could today, <laughs> like. <laughs> Actually, I think the one, the absolute, probably one of the best moments was when late in the end, I believe Japan called a timeout, and it was just silence because he didn't have a clue what was going on. Oh no, <laughs> couldn't explain it at all. Dropping. He's just like, and there's the coach, and the third, and he is some crowd. Like, oh yeah, no, no telestrator. The poor guy didn't have a color commentator either, so nobody. Yeah, like, like really big picture. If, Someone in broadcasting for curling is going to figure this out. No offense to Vic Router, but we don't really need play-by-play in curling. Just give me a couple of analysts up there talking about what's going on. We can see what's going on pretty clearly once it's happening. Yeah, but then we got to get rid of Vic. Well, I mean, once he retires, like, I'm not going to force Vic out the door. 
But I mean, realistically speaking, once he retires, does there really need to be like a replacement? I don't know. It's 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 true. I think there there maybe does just because I think you still need like Rob Falls does a really job of it watching the Grand Slams where and Brian Mudrick as well, too, when he does like the morning draws, because, of course, you and I are curling nuts and we end up mm. watching every draw where you almost like lead your hosts into like, so Kathy Goche, why would you play that shot? Or so Kevin Martin, what's going on down there? Right. Um you're right. You don't really need curling play-by-play, but I've heard booths that are too many analysts, and uh, it's a bit like uh, it's a bit of a cluster f. It's uh, kind of like our weekend of debauchery. <laughs> I was honestly, Joel. I wasn't even sure, and I'm glad I recovered uh, because, of course, it was the superb owl last weekend and mm. my work Christmas party. Ooh. Oh yeah, no. Um, I definitely might be in the contention for the golden lampshade. At one point, sitting at the bar, I was talking about curling and decided to show off my Manitoba tuck technique. With your special sliding stick? With another (laughs) another term from the British guy. You just everybody that likes curling just has to go watch this. All like a hundred of you that downloaded like eight the eight N Nation, you gotta go watch this guy. It's on YouTube. Um, You can find it. Trust us. Canada, Japan, Youth Olympic quarterfinal. The entire game is there. You can relive it in its glory. Mostly because we found it on Saturday night after we were done curling and we were both pretty buzzed. And Um, and in fairness, learning about this guy, I think, is what propelled us to get to the H event final. Had we not learned about this, we may have just lost out and not played at all on Sunday. It's true. The best part was, was the Sunday morning quarterfinal. You and I constantly looking at each other going, Sintagad! It was it was fantastic, and that was the best curled game I think of the whole weekend. But, oh, absolutely. So I'm at the Christmas party on Saturday, and uh, I decided to uh, pregame like I like to, um, mm-hmm. especially because drinks were like seven eight bucks a drink, and I knew they'd be actually they weren't bad. They were Corona and Stella, Ugh. but uh, yeah. Um, so instead, I pregame with a whole bunch of Colbert Americana stouts and other pile of bones treats, and decided to show off my curling form at the bar at one point. <laughs> of course, you did. <laughs> splitting the inseam of my pants wide open. Yep, that sounds about right. And at this point in the evening, I'm going, I am too drunk to care, (laughs) and I don't want to leave yet because they haven't (laughs) given out the door prizes. So uh, there are some classic photo booth pictures of me showing off the inside of my leg uh, throughout the entire evening, thinking, oh, this is fun. I'll photo booth. And they had a cool photo booth. You could, like, text the pictures to yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, then I look at one of the pictures, and I go, huh, view entire gallery. Huh, that's me with my pants split wide open, my leg up in the air, eh? Lacey must have been really proud. Lacey was in one of those pictures, also <laughs> showing off the inside of her leg. Oh. It was That it went was... better for you than I expected. And, and, and <laughs> so did I. <laughs> Not gonna lie, it went quite a bit better for me than expected. So, needless, yeah, needless to say, my curling-inspired weekend has, uh, you know, I didn't think I'd be drinking again, and then I drank again, and then it was a Super Bowl, and yet here I am again, Joel, still uh, pounding back from our great, oh, great sponsor. Speaking of great sponsors, on top of pile of bones. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, we drank a lot of free beer on the curling weekend. That was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we worked a few connections. Uh... Not going to lie on that one. So, yes, yeah, uh, oh, before yeah. before I left Regina, of course, our uh, great sponsors of this here program, uh, the Pile of Bones Brewing Company, uh, hooked me up with uh, 
a bunch of uh, cold brew Americano stouts. I was able to swipe a few red ales as well, which fun fact, as I'm learning right now, if you have the willpower to do it, go buy yourself a four pack of red ale and then just stash it somewhere in your house. That's like cool and dry, like the basement or just leave it in the fridge for like three, four months. Trust me. It gets even better. It gets even better. It's ridiculous. Like I have some stuff, John, this, this can I'm drinking from right now. Yeah. Is actually from when you were here at the Heritage Classic, and it is just it is just phenomenal right now. Huh? Yeah. Well, I and I think I made the same comment to you. And my can that I have already finished off um, mm-hmm. was canned in January, so January the eighth. So just about a just month. about a month ago. Yeah. But same thing. Like it just it's like the the multi taste comes out just a mm-hmm. little bit more when you wait. Yes. So that's the, so we obviously hooked. I obviously talked to our sponsors, and they hooked us up as they always do. Um, then apparently because I talked on CBC, the, the guys at nine mile wanted to, uh, give us some beer, which were just outstanding as always. I've had some stuff from them, but not a whole lot really overall. And the one thing that really blew me away, and I don't, they don't, they didn't, I don't, there was no fills of it. So I'm guessing it was a very small batch they made. They had a sour Joe, sour Joe, which was like a sour dough starter beer, which was just, oh, Oh, it was so good because we tried. We had their I, I I had their New England IPA, which mm. was delicious. I can't remember the the name of it off the top of my head. I'm bad at names, but if you go in there and ask for the New England IPA, they'll hook you up with that. But yeah, the sourdough starter was unbelievable. Um, big props to Adam and the team at Nine Mile hooking us up. I even for the superb owl last night, and uh, I was. I want to claim that I, I had any left, and I was going to pretend to drink that during the "What's in Your Glass" section. Uh, I didn't. I drank it all. Uh, went and grabbed same thing. Uh, nice big bottle at your Sobeys liquor store. If you're looking for Nine Mile, don't look for the cans. Look for the big old bottles if you're shopping at Sobeys Liquor. Some or go see them uh, right on Twenty Second Street, which coincidentally, as you were pointing out before the podcast, mm-hmm. I can now stop and see them on my way to my in-laws or my way home from the in-laws, or both, depending on how it goes. I have no excuses not to stop and <laughs> refill uh, refill the cans I got. So, yeah, that was – so, hey, Adam hooked us up at Nine Mile. Pile of Bones hooked us up like they always do. And then uh, we even got more. We were greedy bastards. I loved it. Yeah, so it, it helps to have friends in the industry. I decided to uh, reach out to uh, my buddy, uh, Mike Torrey, who just happens to be a rep in Saskatoon for the Parallel 49 Brewing Group. Uh, so he hooked us up with a few samples of some Trolley 5 stuff out of Calgary, which was also uh, – Always quite delicious as always. So uh, our curling may not have matched the quality of the beer, but we had very quality beer for the weekend, thanks to, of course, Pile of Bones, Nine Mile, and uh, Parallel 49. Which was fantastic because, and, and no offense, I, I never want to slam anybody local, mm-hmm. um, but the entire uh, spiel is sponsored by Great Western. So it's not like when you normally go to a curling club, you got to pick, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like you can say, oh, hey, you got some Blackbridge, you got... Maybe you just want a cold pint of 016, right? So our options were limited, and it was funny. After the one game on Saturday night, which, of course, we were all, both teams, thankfully, were half in the bag for, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, should we have some celebration drinks? And you're like, let's go to your house. It's <laughs> full of beer. We have, like, three flats of beer at the house. Come on. <laughs> and I went, oh, shit, that's a good idea. So, uh, again, thank you to Jenny, your lovely wife, for driving. Uh, yep. getting us home safe so we could enjoy and all of that. And, uh, yeah, our other teammates miss, missed out dealing with, uh, you know, being recently married and uh, a dead car battery in his car. So that was... Uh, before yeah, we get before was... we get on to football, and we promise we will talk about a little football on this podcast before it's done, uh, At some point. one more shout-out from uh, the curling weekend. 
and that is to the bartender on Thursday night who oh, uh, yes. graciously sold us Blackbridge IPA before our game on Thursday when she wasn't supposed to. So for her, yeah, it, she's the hero of the week. She she really was. And uh, however, I think that led to me getting uh, broom losing drunk uh, because <laughs> I, 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 I we were up there. And see, I hadn't told you this. I hadn't told you at any point that like, I'm like, yeah, great. They feed you all day Saturday. It's a ton of fun. You know, you, you, it's a good time. You should come up. And you're like, yeah, I'm in. But I didn't tell you till we got to the till we got to the first curling club. I'm like, yeah. So Great West sponsors it. So that's your only options. And first you had this look of heartbreak, and then you had this look where they they actually like black out. It's like you know how how when you go get smokes now, it's all behind glass and it's blacked out and stuff. They did they that to CN, which was interesting. But everywhere else they did, yeah. Nah, it's well the CN actually has come a long way. That's a nice little club these days. Mm. Um, so they didn't they didn't black it out at the grass. And your eyes, keen eyes, you're like, huh, is that a Blackbridge IPA? And our bartender looks at us as we look at her, and she looks at us, and we look at her, and <laughs> she goes, I can probably put in a glass for you. Like, okay, you're my favorite person. So, yeah, the, the, the awkward part was, though, was as people continue to show up, and they're like, I'll have what he's having. <laughs> He'll have the original. And uh, next thing you know, we all drink a Blackbridge IPA, um, which I tipped her well and then had to tip well again the other night as I was talking to Lacey's boss, who was also curling, and my hand talking got me in trouble, and I spilled a beer all over a waitress. So uh, uh, I definitely paid for it in tips that weekend. That's uh, all right. Yeah. I redeemed myself with money. Yes. Specifically pizza money. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cuckoo's Pizza, too. Uh, how about, okay, Veteran Maneuver. How, how okay, I'm normally disorganized, as you know. Mm-hmm. But the organizational skill it took me to not only find time it so we had an Uber coming, but Skip the Dish was, was on the way to my house with Cuckoo's Pizza at the same time. Like, we basically got in the house, took our shoes off, and skipped the dishes there with pizza. What a time to be alive, eh? No, it was terrific. It, 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 it like I'm patting myself on the back for that one. That was that was well done by me as we drunkenly demolished an entire pizza in my basement. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so one guy, or at least a number of guys, who are probably going to be able to afford good tips in the next little while could be <laughs> anyone who's about to hit the open market in the CFL as we finally pivot oh, wow, towards yeah. football. And it's going to be. I don't know if it's really going to be that overly interesting of a CFL free agent season as this has felt a little more kind of like a typical sort of CFL free agent season mm-hmm. where a number of guys, like we all saw the list when, you know, every team, the lead, the list was released after the great cup of all the guys that were going to be free agents this year. And everyone was like, Oh my gosh, there's so many names on this list. I'm like, yeah, yeah, there's always a lot of names on this list. Right. Three quarters of them probably have contracts in the drawer already. And I think it's safe to say about three quarters of those guys already had contracts in the drawers already. <laughs> <laughs> the way it's going, especially here in Saskatchewan, where you know a lot of names have signed already, and interestingly enough, a lot of names have signed the two-year deals, which hasn't yes. always, which has happened in a few other places, but not ac- across the board like you maybe would have expected. So clearly, Jeremy O'Day is trying to build something here. He's trying to build a core of players going forward, which I think he and the fans can both appreciate. The fact that you there are guys that you know are going to be here this year and next. It's probably a stretch to get a lot of guys beyond that. And I don't really think you need to sign anyone in the CFL beyond two years, quite frankly. I would agree. Um, 
So it's not going to be overly interesting. I don't think there's going to be names out there. There's going to be some things that happened. And I know it's, it's dumb for us to sit here as a website that likes to draw traffic for revenue purposes saying, eh, no, I don't know, free agency is really going to be that interesting. But I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's what it is. And, you know, there still could be trades out there. And you know, I think it's safe to say at this point, the biggest fish out there is Willie Jefferson and what's going to happen yes. to him. But uh, for the Riders' perspective, I think they may have already landed the, uh, their most important pending free agent as of the season ended, because before that it was, of course, Cody Fajardo. But now, uh, the other day with the news that they had signed uh, one linebacker, Cameron Judge, to a new one-year extension. Uh, obviously, Judge probably wants to get another year under his belt and take another shot at the NFL, you would think. That's probably why he signed for one year, which in mm-hmm. his situation, being a damn good football player, just, just makes a ton of sense. But from the rider perspective, especially with uh, word of talks being kind of far apart between the riders and Solomon Elamimian, getting Cam Judge under contract was absolutely vital. And so major props need to be for given to Jeremy O'Day for getting it done. No, absolutely. And, and, and so far away from the free agency window that there's no panic. Both sides weren't all of a sudden, you know, dropping their off or digging in or anything like that or anything stupid that you see with negotiations from time to time. But to me, and, and we've talked lots about our love for Cam Judge on this mm-hmm. podcast, you know, if Fajardo was 1A to resign, Cam Judge was 1B. Like, he's that important to this team. And not only because of how good of a football player he is, but because of his passport. Yeah, when you when you have a Canadian that good at a spot outside of offensive line, and even when they are offensive line, you try to get them under contract. But mm-hmm. especially if you find a ratio-breaking guy at a spot that isn't traditionally, you know, a spot where you find a really, really good Canadian, you need to do everything you can to keep that guy. And that's, that's pretty obvious what Cameron Judge is at this point. So... That was a major move that had to get done, and it got done, so props to that. So the interesting thing is, and I have a piece that will show up on 3Down Nation eventually, of you know, kind of looking at where the riders may go in free agency and kind of what their priorities are. And I think the two major spots, and I think linebacker is still a spot of somewhat concern for them just because basically now with Judge back in the fold, they do have at least one of the three, but at one point before Cameron Judge resigned, they were looking at all three starting linebackers from last year not being on this roster because, of course, Derek Moncrief has already signed in the NFL, yeah. and Solomon Elamimian and Cameron Judge were both set to become free agents. So I think there's still a concern there because you, you, Sam linebacker is one of those spots that's hard to fill and you have to fill it, and it takes such a special guy to play that spot really, really well, so... That's probably the really biggest spot to watch for the Riders. Not in free agency, yep. maybe, but just overall heading into a camp story is going to be who's going to fill that spot. And depending on what happens with the rest of the linebacker core, I mean, you can, you can move Cam Judge back to Mac. So you either find a Will or you need to find a Mac, depending on how you want to move there. So I think, I think that's kind of their key. That's kind of one of their core spots where they need to look. Yeah, and the other spot where they just kind of need to figure out what they're doing, I don't know if they necessarily need to make big free agent splashes in it, is that receiver where yes. both uh, Neyman Roosevelt, obviously a really solid possession guy still, a guy who I believe the Riders should target to bring back just because I think he brings that veteran savvy and um, reliability to the receiving core. Now, obviously, him and Fajardo work really well at that. And Shaq Evans are both set to be free agents. You expect Jordan Williams-Lambert to be better next year, as uh, are also the Canadian kids that they drafted last year. So those are the two kind of spots where I'm looking and saying, okay, this 
this is kind of the major holes on this roster right now, or potential major holes yep. on this roster. And over the next month or so, we're kind of going to learn how they're going to fill it. Well, and, and, and the funny thing is, too, with, with receiver, I, I think they'll get it done with Shaq Evans. You can tell one thing that, that Jeremy O'Day has proven to be very good at is focus in on a guy based on importance and then move to the next guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he focused in, he got Fajardo done well in advance, boom, he's in the bag. He's focused in, he's got Judge done before free agency opened, boom, he's in the bag. You'd have to think Solomon Alamimian is maybe that next guy they're looking at, but, you know, we've got reports on, on Three Down Nation saying that they are quite far apart. Mm-hmm. If it's not Saul, it's probably Shaq Evans. You'd almost have – I don't think at this point – and this isn't a slam on him as a football player, but with what Naaman Roosevelt brings to the table these these days as a veteran guy – I don't see another team really going after him too hard. No, he's he's one of those guys that if he does get to free agency, is probably still there in day two and three unless someone's really desperate for some help. Well, or somebody really desperate for some leadership. So, uh, you know, it it looks as though, and I think it was the guys at Piffles to to break it first, and then I know it was also confirmed or at least looked at by some of the other staff members on Three Down Nation that it looks like Williams Lambert has restructured his deal. Uh, So that's also been quietly done by Saskatchewan. But again, when you have Cam Judge, and this all goes back to, you know, when you have Cam Judge in that spot, you know you have a Canadian linebacker at a traditionally American position. I don't want to say it's easy to find good American receivers, but it's easier to find good American receivers than just about any other position on the field, right? I mean, you've yeah, got it, it is one of those spots that I mean, relatively speaking, it's easy to find. I mean, to, and, for, and for some we reason, we didn't when, know who Shaq Evans yeah. was two years ago, and no. and now from at least from some of the appearances and, and some of the things he's saying in the off season. It looks like Kenny Stafford might be a bigger part of this offense than he was when he was acquired uh, by the Riders. Well, he couldn't get many. He couldn't have a smaller role than he had last year. So. Well, that's that's, <laughs> absolutely, that's absolutely fair, right? I mean, and that's kind of a guy that he just kind of got lost in the ratio shuffle when you know when he came over. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's a guy that's basically been out there going, "Hey, I exist. I'm, I'm here, everybody." and even I'm I Kenny Stafford. Even... I exist. They work. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I almost feel like, or, or, or it's like the Verizon guy. Hey, I'm Kenny Stafford. Can you hear me now? I can catch football now. I can, I can, I can, I can catch football now. Um, and that's a guy that if they do let Roosevelt walk for, let's face, the only he probably, he's Roosevelt probably more likely to fill the Arsenal spot at this point. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Veteran guy that that comes on out there, and dare I say, he would probably be better that, than Arsenal with the Arsenal spot. Who. You know, he, it looks like the Manny show might have jumped the shark. It's, it's in reruns now. Yeah. 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 We are like, we have jumped the shark. We are in the seasons after that. We are in the last couple of seasons of lost. We're the last two seasons of game of Thrones for him. He's still there. He's still got the name. People are still following along. He's just not the same impact. The Walking Dead that's still going for some reason, even though no one's watched since, like, season, what, three, four? Like, what? what you, you mean the show that is literally the same show every damn season? Hey, much, yeah. here's, a, here's a place. Oh, shit, there's people here. They're bad. Oh, no, let's fight the bad people. Oh, no, somebody died. Hey, we found new people. Oh, shit, there's a place. Oh, shit, there's bad people in it. Hey, guess what? We're going to fight them, and somebody's going to die. And that's what's going on since season three. Ugh. I think, you're, I, think I touched a nerve on that one. Yeah, you did. 
I love zombie shit. I love things like it had so much potential. <laughs> Zombies and and post-apocalyptic. You're basically like barking right up my alley. My favorite video game of all time is Fallout, and you just turned it in to the days of our lives with the occasional zombie appearance when it's convenient to kill somebody off. Okay. <laughs> Good to know. Note to there self, you if you really want to get John going, compare something to The Walking Dead. Good to know. <laughs> Put that in your notebook into things that randomly makes Fraser aggressively angry. Yeah, <laughs> apparently. Um, so yeah, the interesting thing too, I think, that could happen in free agency... Um, I've heard some rumblings, nothing super concrete, so I haven't really written about it yet. Um, I'm hearing the writers might not be too interested in re-signing Mika Johnson, which hmm. is interesting to me because I think he got a bit of a bad rap for how we played last year here because yes. everyone was so mesmerized by his sack numbers the year before. But you notice when he didn't play. And when a defensive t- it, when a defensive tackle is out of the lineup and you notice... That means he's generally doing a pretty good job when he's in there. Yes, yes, absolutely. And, and, now, now, and like I get it, like there's salary cap implications and all that. He was probably getting paid too much, and maybe maybe things for some whatever reason in a lot of different ways didn't work. I'm not I'm not saying they should or shouldn't resign him. I just think he played better than probably most people gave him credit for last year. So it is kind of interesting that it seems like they're just saying like, no, I think we're good this year. Well, well, especially too with him, um, it reminds me a little bit of. Doug Brown, right? Mm -hmm. If you ever go back and look at Doug Brown's stats in Winnipeg, they don't jump out off the page at you. And that's because he was drawing so much attention, and and Mika Johnson is doing exactly that. And the the Riders have had, you know, a great depth of defensive ends, but I think, you know, Mika Johnson was a big part of of, of, of that defense last year. And if you watch it and you watch you know, drawing so much attention between, you know, running backs getting involved and two offensive linemen getting involved. Like, I, you're right. If they can afford it, he's a guy they need to re-sign. And, uh, again, one of these guys that is hard to replace. Yeah, so I, I don't know. Obviously, we don't know what the plan is at this point, but that'll be an interesting spot to watch Revolve because we've seen them make this decision before when Keith Shulligan went to Ottawa in the expansion draft. Now, that was a ratio flip that they did also for cap reasons. This is not likely to be a ratio flip, but there is a scenario where they could go with Zach Evans and McKenna Henry at defensive tackle if they think he's up to being a starter. To Henry's credit, despite all the dumb penalties he took early in the season, he did progress throughout the year and became a pretty good defensive tackle. Yes. Um, I don't know if they go that route. I don't know if they should go that route. They can obviously find cheaper American defensive tackles. They exist. Maybe there's a guy on their necklace they're really high on. I don't know. This is all possibilities, but it's just, it's an interesting one considering what a big push and splash they made with Mika last year just to be like, nah, I think we're good this year. And it's really interesting in the big picture that you could look at basically the veterans they brought in last year, Mika Johnson, Manny Arsenault, and Solon Elamimian could all not be on this team this year. In a year right. where generally you kind of want those guys around in a great cup push, like when they brought in G. Roy Simon during a great cup push. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe it is, maybe, you know, maybe it was just last year, Jeremy O'Day said, okay, I needed some veteran guys in here while I rebuild what we're doing behind the scenes and what we're doing scouting-wise and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And now he wants to put his system in place. That that could be entirely possible. And I think that's that's not a, you know, it's not a, that's a smart theory to try. That's a way to get through a year 
because of you know kind of the the slow the you know he's behind the eight ball when he started last year. Yeah, no, he certainly was, and I mean, last year was we both said last year was not the year that they expected to contend. It was the going into this year when you're hosting the Grey Cup. So, mm-hmm. um, I do find it interesting and, and optimistic too, because you and I, dating back to Chris Jones, have always talked about the fact that this team wants to be this mark of longevity. They want to mm-hmm. be the next Calgary Stampeders, uh, even to a lesser extent, Winnipeg, that has just become remarkably consistent. Um, and I think this is a sign that they're not just like going all in and trading everything and re-signing everybody and damn the salary cap and holding roster spots for potential young guys like mm-hmm. they did back in 2013. Uh, it's kind of nice to see that they, it looks as though there is a long-term vision. Now, I do fully anticipate them to get more veteran after oh, the sure. agency opens. Like, yeah. you'd have to expect it. And one guy I think that they should go all in on if they can, if they are going to slim back in another couple of these spots, because let's face it, the Cody Fajardo contract, as I said before, essentially gives you one free elite level player mm-hmm. compared to Edmonton, Calgary, BC playing their quarterbacks, all this money. Yeah. Is it crazy to think Willie Jefferson maybe comes back on a great cup se- pursuit season? Uh, I think so. I think the fact that they are already have Charleston Hughes and AC Leonard signed, I think kind of sends that theory down the road. I, I don't I don't see it happening. There's been some like Toronto, Ottawa, Winnipeg, like these places have already floated out that there could be interest in Willie Jefferson there. I think that's gonna turn into a bidding war that Jeremy O'Day's probably not really gonna have much of a chance at considering the money he's already got locked up on the ends. Right. I'm just trying to be optimistic because no, if, if they could somehow swing, it would be amazing. I don't know well, how you make it work with three, well, two elite defensive ends and one guy who's pretty darn good. Well, well, and because here's the other thing that I always do now when we record is I generally watch the replay of this year's Grey Cup. <laughs> it's just well, it's the, just... The, the one theory that the one thing that has floated around Twitter, I don't know if you've seen, um, Mike of Podsky Wee Wee does not want Willie Jefferson going east because of that Grey Cup game. So now everyone's saying he should go sign in Toronto or Ottawa and say he signed to terrorize Mike. <laughs> <laughs> that would be... And and if that happens, and Josh Smith doesn't drop a, by God, that's Willie Jefferson's music, on Podski Wee Wee, Josh Smith is cut out of all mentions of this podcast for the yeah, rest of the season. Yeah, this will be a Josh Smith free zone, 100%. Yes, that, that'll be... Nope, no more Josh, all because you didn't say, by God, that is Willie Jefferson's music. Uh, uh, of- but, but but with but one more thing on Willie Jefferson, because he's clearly yeah. like the big fish out there this this free agency period, because there's no elite quarterback, especially, well, I mean, Matt Nichols is signing in Toronto, it looks like, or there's a good chance of that. Not really that there's much of a surprise. It's really the only job that's open. Right. Um, but when it comes to Willie Jefferson, that him signing out east or going somewhere else fits in with my theory and my rule that should exist that I think every fan base in the CFL should get to experience him on their team once. Yes. Because he yes. is that much of a joy to watch. You really don't yes. appreciate it until he's on the team that you are watching. Trust me. Willie Jefferson is worth every penny. And if you if I had to pay for season tickets in a city and Willie Jefferson was on that team, I would gladly pay every dime. <laughs> well, and, and, and you're, abs- you're absolutely right with that, Joel. And he is he's just... <laughs> He is that much fun to watch as I, you know, watch the highlights of the Grey Cup yet again with <laughs> Willie Jefferson just dominating and balling out, right? And and it's funny, you mentioned the Matt Nichols thing. Mm-hmm. And with Toronto, 
What I found interesting today is kind of a non-rider aside, talking about the league as a whole. Yep. Um, and again, back to our point that I think this is just going to be a boring, well, a boring free agent season compared to last year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny that the report breaks today from, of course, Dunk Bomb, um, that basically comes out and says, yeah, McLeod Bethel Thompson's in, but he only is back in Toronto because he has certain guarantees that he's going to be the starting quarterback. And then a couple hours later, all of a sudden, Matt Nichols, starting caliber quarterback in the CFL, pending his arm isn't held on with duct tape and hope, um, signs in Toronto. So I just, like, to me, that is so Toronto to sign your guy and maybe give him assurances that he's your guy and then go out and sign another guy. It was just, I, I don't know. I found it, I found it weird. I, I, in a, in a, despite what they may or may not have told McLeod Bethel Thompson or maybe what he's trying to tell himself to get him hyped up for what is clearly going to be the only really interesting battle in training camp at this point across the CFL that has any sort of like appeal outside of your team's market is going to be Matt Nichols and McLeod Bethel Thompson, which uh, right. just sounds weird on so many levels. <laughs> <laughs> battle of the century! Matt Nichols and McLeod Bethel Thompson. Get your tickets now. I mean, not quite as weird. <laughs> not quite as weird as Chris Streveler, NFL quarterback. Yeah, we're going to get into that in a second. But I, for Toronto, this works on so many levels. I think, he, obviously, McLeod Bethel-Thompson, I think, has potential there. He led the league in touchdown passes last year. There's something there if he gets the right coaching, but you need that experience with him as well. I, I, I don't think there's any question about that. I I don't think it wouldn't have been a horrible idea for Ottawa to try to sign Matt Nichols, too. That's what I thought. To get behind Arbuckle if they had room for it. But Arbuckle wanted Fajardo money, basically, so... That makes it a little tougher to get a Matt Nichols at backup, but there could be other options for them, I guess, still to have an experienced guy behind Arbuckle because like Fajardo was and still kind of is, the sample size is kind of small on him. Yeah, no, no, and you're absolutely right, but it just it, it surprises me that, you know, McLeod Bethel-Thompson probably has to be close to Fajardo money. Maybe, right? I, don't, I don't know. Like, I honestly, like, it's, I don't know. I haven't seen, we'll wait for Dunk. He'll probably tell us tomorrow. Yeah, knowing us, we're going to record this, we're going to put it out there. And, hey, hey Dun- Dunk, if you're listening, just make a relax. Just hold off on dropping the salary information for Nick Argbuckle just for like two days, okay? Um, or pardon me, McLeod Bethel Thompson. Yes, we already, we already know all Arbuckle's money, yeah. Yeah, we do, because Dunk is that good. But it just, yeah, I'm just, I, I you're right. Like everybody else, like even if you think, in Hamilton, if you think Dane Evans was a fla- fat flash in the pan last year, well, the Jeremiah Mazzoli's still there, mm-hmm. right? Like, and and even in Toronto, as if McLeod Bethel Thompson is still remarkably inconsistent, you have one of the most consistent quarterbacks in the CFL the past couple of years in Matt Nichols now backing him up. If you know, if Nick Arbuckle turns out to be flash in the pan, almost right back to where they were and starting the starting quarterback of the Fort McMurray whatevers in the Alberta Football League. Yeah. Well, one guy they don't have the option of signing, of course, you mentioned it, is Chris Trevler. And this is, I'm still having, I'm still having a hard time wrapping my head around this, even though we'll get into it for a second. I think he actually has a very good shot at sticking. Chris Trevler is signed in the NFL. He is signed with the Arizona Cardinals. And if had you told me two years ago, after his first couple of games with the Blue Bombers, when he started for injured Matt Nichols, you had told me, this guy is going to be in the NFL. I would have said you're crazy. 
and well, I still kind of, I, I, I still, I still think the whole thing. You have, and I, I'm just saying you and like the general you, not necessarily just you, you. Um, Fair, but it sounds like it, something I, I would say. It does sound like something you would say, but it is still, it is still strange. I'm still having a hard time wrapping my head around this, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, and what did, okay, what was the description that I said, that you said about him before we recorded that I was going to steal from you if you didn't use? Okay, so I was talking with a uh, friend of the show, Dan Plaster, who I believe is going to fill in for you next week while you are off getting sunburnt in Mexico. Uh, I, I, I like that you threw in the sunburnt, not, you know, enjoying <laughs> myself, relaxing, and drinking mojitos all day. I gotta You're find like, some, I gotta find something negative about it, right? That, that's fair. That's, <laughs> I, if I was you, I would do the same thing if I was buggering off to a, a four and a half star resort in Mexico. Yes. So, yeah. So, Dan Plaster probably going to fill in next week as we talk a little bit about whatever happens in free agency. Um, I said to him, because we we're talking about Streveler going there, you know, blah, 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 blah. I said, Streveler's like cool Tebow, more boozing, less Jesus. <laughs> and he, he's like Tebow in some ways that he's not really a great quarterback but he's not like Tebow in a lot of ways because he's actually willing to be more than a quarterback as yes. we've seen and this is where I get to the point where why I think Chris Trevor is probably actually going to stick in the NFL because unlike yes. all these other guys and we're seeing a, a number of them signing down in the NFL this year and I feel great for those guys I never blame any of them for taking their shot a lot of them don't really get a fair shake for a lot of political reasons in the NFL. That's just, no, absolutely that, not. That's just what it is, unfortunately. But Chris Drevler is not the guy that you sign, especially if you're a team with Kyler Murray, is not a guy that you sign to compete for any kind of significant position on your football team. He is a no. guy that you are bringing in for a very specific role because you think he can do something specific that will help your team. So that is why I believe Chris Drevler will stick in the NFL. Well, and I honestly believe that Chris Treveller, if, if those that listen that don't follow the NFL very closely, there's a guy by the name of Tyson Hill in New Orleans. Uh, obviously, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time in Drew B- Brees plays in New Orleans. He's not taking his job anytime soon, but he lines up a tight end. Well, maybe. He lines up a receiver. He lines up at quarterback sometimes. He's lined up at running back. He plays special teams, right? He does so much stuff. That And he's such a threat no matter where he goes that he's unique in his talents. And I think... Well, that, Ty, Tyson Hill is the reason why Chris Strebler has a shot in the NFL. Oh, 100% he does. Because yeah. I think Chris Strebler can do certain things better than Tyson Hill. I think he's bigger. I think he's more built to take some of the NFL pounding. And he is surprisingly fast for a big guy. Um now Hill we don't know. Throw, like Hill can throw a football better. I think Hill can probably run a route better, better you know, way better. Things like that, yeah. But I, again, I, a guy can like a guy like Chris Drevler, to a degree, can learn to run a route. And yes. you, know I mean, if you with, could teach offensive linemen to run a route, then I guess you can teach Chris Drevler to run a route. <laughs> exactly. And you know that Chris Drevler strikes me as the kind of guy that is going to try to do it. I think if mm-hmm. any Aaron Arizona Cardinals fan researches, like, just Googles him and sees his celebration in Winnipeg, like, the fur coat, the cigar, and kicking the doors open, like, they're going to go ahead and love this guy and, and love – and Chris Trevler's the kind of guy I can definitely see playing special teams. Like, he'll mm-hmm. do anything to stick around in the NFL, and it's fascinating to me, too, that Arizona's coach is a former Winnipeg Blue Bombers quarterback. So I mean, who isn't a former Winnipeg Blue Bombers quarterback? That's fair. I might even be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, well, no, sorry. I'm a former Lecky and Associates Bombers quarterback. Uh, that was the which name is like our, a, uh, some kind that of, was the name of our flag, fo- flag football team at Lloydminster. Oh yeah, 
Seven and two as a starter. That's right. I was a game manager. I was Matt. QB Nichols. wins, baby. That's right. Great stat. <laughs> um, <laughs> regardless, it's just I, I could see. You know that his coach has watched what he did in the in the CFL, mm-hmm. and you know he's going to get a chance to actually make an impact. And you're right. Like the funniest take on Twitter is everybody going, "Oh, Travis is a quarterback in the NFL. And Bodie Van Mitchell is in Richie like, no, Bo saw the writing on the wall. Yeah, Bo's not dumb. He would. He knew he was going to go down there. If he if he did, he would sign somewhere, and he'd have to compete against guys that are not as good as quarterbacks of his, that are than him, but are draft picks of a team. So he has to be, you know, heads and tails so much better than them to even have a shot, because the team doesn't want to look stupid cutting a draft pick over some other uh, some other guy. Exactly. Meanwhile, you can bring in Chris Traveler run the unique packages. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't work, he'll be back in Canada in a year or two. I mean, it's a low it's, risk. It's, and- it's low risk, and it's really smart by uh, Kingsbury because now he can run out some of those packages. He can take some of those run plays off Kyler Murray and put those hits on Chris Trevler instead. Well, yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, I, I think it was actually my, my good friend, uh, Mike Tornopolsky, uh, who said, Kyler Murray and Chris Trevler, Arizona might just run the single wing. I mean, you might just see cloud of dirt and Triple four option, yards baby. gained. Yeah. Army football at the NFL level. Let's go. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.